0: Welcome to another episode of Sports and Songs Podcast. Today is October 10th, 2021. Now, Andy, we're on season number two, episode number 46. And uh, how are you doing this Sunday evening?
1: Good, good. Um, well, Nice, relaxing day here at the studios today. Uh, a little NASCAR this morning a watch that this afternoon. Um, a little afternoon football. The... Uh, the bride did some baking today. So,
0: smells wonderful in the house. I'm sure. I'm sure it did. Uh, we went and partook in a camping trip down to New Ulm, Little Oktoberfest. It's the 39th annual Oktoberfest in New Ulm. And uh, for the listeners out there, if they've never done it, it's just a blast. It's a, it's a fun time. It's a great, great group of people. And we always camp out there Friday and Saturday nights uh, at a nearby campground. And they offer free shuttles up and down to Shell's Brewery where it's where it's held. And then uh, we always come home on Sunday. Then we had a little fall baseball game today at three o'clock. Finish that up, and so uh, it's been a it's been a lot of going, a lot of a lot of activity today. Busy, busy, but it's fun. It's also fun.
1: That's right. That's right. Um, before we That's get started,
0: trivia the trivia question. Before we start, yes question today. It relates to the Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins today uh, reached a plateau milestone, we'll call it, for quarterbacks throwing touchdown passes. What milestone did he hit today for his career? What number? How many touchdown passes has he thrown in in his career, which uh, includes Washington Redskins and the Minnesota Vikings combined? Okay. Okay, Combined, okay. So that's the question. Yeah. If uh, you may have heard it during the broadcast, but he uh, reached a milestone. Pretty good. Pretty impressive. That's my question for the day. All right. All
1: right. We'll get started here. I'll get my programming going here.
0: Yes. Whoops. Oh, I like it.
1: Light that screen there. Look at that. That's pretty. Load up a little bigger here for everybody to enjoy. There it is. Fastest growing podcast in all of Carver County.
0: Well, now that's correct, but a lot of times it's my understanding that we're the fastest growing in Western Carver County. Or maybe we to take a steps here. We're going to push Carver first. Okay. I we're like that.
1: Western Metro for everybody. And we're starting with Carver County today. Tomorrow, the world. Yes. High school football. Before we get into it, I'm just gonna say Friday night. uh, Again, the bride and I went to homecoming here in Watertown. Saw the new field, the new scoreboard, all their bells and whistles on the scoreboard. And uh, local company. They even did a flyover before the game. That was kind of cool. The the boys from the Legion were there for the really ceremony. They had the Watertown Mayor Hall of Fame inductions. So it was a fun time. It was Head Friday. Put on well by the local school. I like it. And here let's go to the rankings. 6-8. This is, again, as of, you know, the rankings are as of the 6th before the game. So you had Lakeville South still in first. Shakopee, in Prairie, 3-4. Stillwater, 7th. And Wyzetta had uh, dropped to 5th from number 2. Here's some of the scores over the weekend. Wyzetta losing again to Maple Grove, so it'll be changes in the ranks there. Lakeville South over Prior Lake, 25-13 on Thursday night was that game. And uh, Ian Prairie over Shock P, twenty-three zip. And Lakeville South and Shock P will be playing coming up here, so uh, hmm. on Thursday the fourteenth. Uh, Stillwater over Forest Lake, thirty-seven six. And Tonka over Tito Grace, 41 8 at their homecoming. And Centennial and Tonka play on Friday the 15th. Uh, so the standings are there'll be a good game for that one. 5 of 8, you got Mankato West, Andover, and St. Thomas Academy, and Moorhead still one through four. Matamidi dropped to five. Uh, let's see how top schools did. Andover still will be undefeated uh, was a one over Coon Rapids. St. Thomas Academy takes out Matamidi. Uh, here we go 4A Becker won Monguest Tanka up to three. Everybody else moved up with a Corey loss. They dropped from two to eight. And Becker over Mod 31-7. And Mongols Tanka big over St. Paul Highland Park 40 to 7. 3A, you got Lake City undefeated at 5-0. Fairmont, Litchfield 5-0. Cannon Falls dropped to number six and one. Litchfield, five and oh, number three. Hmm, remember that. Lake City over Zimbro a 40 to seven. So they'll stay undefeated. Fairmont also 46 zero over Worthington. There it is, homecoming Watertown Mayor, 26 seven over previously undefeated Litchfield. Wow. Litchfield's next game will be Friday against Daskol to so see how they rebound from that. You know, and, and not being a homer, but Watertown was just clicking that night. Everything was hitting right. You look at the scores 10, 13, three in the course. That's field goals, kids. That's the key in high school football is having a field goal kicker. Any school that makes it through, either they have a field goal kicker or they're winning all their games 49 to nothing. So that's what we got going for us. That's our strength right there, in this reporter's opinion. Dilworth over Holly, 21-7, and Dilworth plays Fergus Falls. They host Fergus Falls on Friday, so that should be a good game there. Uh, Daskal Cato with a big one 49-14 over Glencoe. In the 2A rankings, here we go. we got top three teams still the same, Blooming Prairie, Blue Earth, and Pipestone. Kimball dropped to number seven. All those top teams went. Bloomington Prairie big over GFW, as we call them out here on Saturday. 54-8. Maple River with the win over Blue Earth 21-7. And Pipestone over Laverne 26, 20 to 16. In 1A at Murray County Central, Miniota and Boldall, 123. Ada and Gibbon, the Lee Sox. Uh, Given lose, but they've lost to someone. They played up and lost. So we'll see how that affects them there. And Rushford Peterson also undefeated. Martin County West, 8th, is undefeated. Otter Tail County, or Ottertail Central, ninth is undefeated. So lots of undefeateds there. A lot of them play up because there's not a lot of schools running to play. So that's all taken into consideration on rankings, I'm sure. Hillbury over Martin County West, 24-18. And Minota over McCray, 50-0. Benson lost a bowl, 36-9. Now we go to the nine-man. Lots of undefeated and one-loss teams here. Um, didn't have any nine-man scores in it when I did all this on Saturday morning, so I do apologize for that. High school volleyball. Um, they're getting ready to wind their season down. Wyzetta is still undefeated in 4A at 18-0. Followed well, by Egan, Eve Prairie, and Shock, people in the top four. Um, chaska champion Park kind of switch places there at five and six. Three A got Marshall at one. Stewartville, fifteen and zero in the rank second. Um, just kind of goes by. I guess matches played and who you play too have a lot to do with that. Um, there we go. We got Alec at twelve and one, just entering the top ten there. And Monticello and Hutch running off the top ten. They kind of switch places there. 2A, Southwest Christian at 17 and 2. And I believe both their losses they played up for. So, uh, Southwest Christian is a really good school. They got a really good team going this year. Uh, Jackson County Central, second. Watertown America coming in 4 and 5. They kind of switched places with Concordia Academy there. A couple other schools, uh, Pequot and Maple Lake switched places, but the top 10 still the same. But uh, 2A is good. Good teams are fun to watch in the 2A then 1A, of course, Mary Lutheran stole first at 17 and 1. Midiota, 16 and 3. Cadbury Legacy Christian, etc. there down the line. Soccer. Coming up here is the 3A soccer for girls. Edina Centennial, Rosemont, top three there. And 2A, it's Benil, Holy Angels, and Monomiae, of course, those top three. Kind of see the to be top three all the time. There's Delano at number nine. And then one A, then again, Southwest Christian. The girls are move up to number one from number three. Holy Family drops to number two. Wiretown mayor coming in at seventh. Boys got Maple Grove, Lakeville South, and East Ridge are your top three. Tonka coming in at seven. Two A. De La Salle, Orno, and Worthington. Can't hear you, Andy. Soccer State Tournament coming up, end of October, early November, for boys and girls coming up. So get ready for their conference playoffs to start beginning. And an XL – in November, girls volleyball tournaments coming up, so their conference playoffs will start pretty soon for them. Also, go for news for the week. Saturday's results: lock uh, ladies ladies hockey lost. That's hard to say. Uh, at Minnesota Duluth, four to five in overtime. Uh, the men took care of uh, Mercyhurst, five three, and volleyball big win against Michigan State, three to one. Today Sunday. They were playing at number 25, Purdue. Rest of the week, schedule for the Gophers, men's golf. Monday and Tuesday, the Purdue Fall Invitational. Wednesday, volleyball versus Northwestern here at, on campus. And Thursday, soccer um, here again on campus. And also, that game could be on the Big Ten Network. You watch that, the soccer Thursday night. Friday, cross country, Wisconsin Invitational. Uh, swimming and diving at Purdue. Women's hockey will be in Minnesota State. They'll be hosting them. And the men will be playing St. Cloud State. I am sure they will be a home and home again for Friday and Saturday. Bison. Bison football Saturday. Big win over Northern Iowa, 34-20. And women's volleyball took the loss to Omaha. Today, women's soccer for the Bison was uh, hosting the Sioux. Or former Sioux. They're still the Sioux. Monday, women's golf in Tacoma, Washington on Monday and Tuesday. Then Tuesday, volleyball, women's volleyball at the, at the Bunnies, South Dakota State. Uh, if you want to go to a Bison's website, gobison.com, where it says live video and live stats and that, you can watch the games online there. Friday the 15th, there's track in Illinois for the, for the Bison, for the men and the women. And then that night, soccer again. St. Cloud State. The the Bemidji State. Uh, Friday, did, or Saturday, I'm sorry, they did win at here at Concordia 42 14. Volleyball lost to Minnesota State 3 0. And men's hockey lost to number five Minnesota lose 2 1. Uh, the rest of the week today, the women's soccer had St. Cloud State at home, men's golf Monday and Tuesday. Next week on Friday, Soccer, women's soccer at Winona State, women's hockey at Ohio State, volleyball at Northern State, and men's hockey will be hosting North Dakota. Saturday, home football, University of Minnesota, Moorhead, and volleyball, Moorhead, both on campus on Saturday. Hockey will be women at Ohio State and men at North Dakota. Football game on the 16th, and volleyball, we will be in the Bemidji area for parents weekend with my oldest daughter from my most recent marriage. Um, so we're up there. So I'll look for pictures and reports for me from that. The Tommies, Tommies holding on football like at Valparaiso, 20 to 13. Tommies are holding their own for football. Pretty good there. Um, swimming. They've been diving. They both did well. They both won on their scores. I see 178, 120 and 171, for the women and the men respectively. Men's hockey took the loss at Northern Michigan, 3-8. Men's soccer at Denver lost 1-2, and women's volleyball lost 3-0 to South Dakota State. Now, you can remember, all these schools and the football team and hockey team moved up. They all moved up. So they're all playing some bigger competition. Kind of hard for them, but they, uh, they'll do well, I think, in time. Sunday, women's soccer Omaha. They'll be here playing in St. Paul today. And then Monday, the Cretan Classic for women's golf. That'll be Monday and Tuesday. Thursday, ORU will be in town for the women's volleyball. And again, you can see live stats and live video if you go to the St. Thomas Academy sports site, their webpage, you can get all that information. Men's cross country in Illinois on Friday, along with women's cross country. Women's hockey will be St. Cloud State that night, and men's hockey at Lake Superior State. Current standings for sports right now. This was going, this is as of the 3rd of October, so going into this weekend for college football. Bama was one, Georgia two, Iowa was three, Penn State four. So that's two, two big 10 schools in the top five. Let's see how those games went this week. Number six, Oklahoma over Texas, 55 48. I hope you took the over on that one. <laughs> Old Miss over Arkansas, 52 51. Another over game. Boise State over the, Mormon, the Storm and Mormons are 26 17. And Georgia holds on to number two. Well, maybe. They beat Auburn 34 10. Oh, look at that. That's beautiful. Let's hold that there for a little bit. Texas AM 41 38 over number one Alabama. On a last, on a two seconds to go, field goal by Texas AM. Go ahead. So. Just because you look together, I remember hearing on another radio station over the week, they said, "I can't believe they're moving the Alabama game to prime time. No one's going to want to watch that. They're going to crush Texas A&M. Texas A&M one. Hmm. Could college football be fixed? Maybe. Big Ten scores: number seven, Ohio State 66-17 over Maryland. Michigan State of Erectors thirty-one thirteen. Wisconsin over Illinois twenty-four zip." Michigan over Nebraska, 32 and 29. There's Penn State losing to Iowa at a last second, also 23 20. So probably going to be Georgia 1, Iowa 2. Don't know how far, far Penn State and Alabama will drop. So we'll have to wait and see what they say on that. Because the FCS, you got Sam Houston 1, Madison 2, South Dakota State 3, Eastern Washington 4. And the Bison still holding at 5. Missouri Valley Conference standings right there. Of course, you got the overall conference standing – or conference, the overall record. So, you know, the Bison 0-1 in – conference, or North Dakota's 0-1 in conference, but 2-2 two two overall. Bison 1-0 in conference, 4-0 overall. So, it's all kind of – they go by your conference record first. So, they only got the one conference game. Even though, overall, they got a better record than Missouri State and Southern Illinois, they go by conference record when they list the rankings, which is fine. We'll see in December who's who. Here is the scores from this weekend for the Missouri Valley. There's the Bison with a 34-20 win, like we said earlier. Indiana State wins over Western Illinois. Youngstown State over Missouri or uh, Missouri State forty-one thirty-three. Oh, South Dakota State South Dakota beat North Dakota. That's too bad. And South Dakota State loses to Southern Illinois in overtime. So. The standings should all shake up and the rankings should all shake pretty good next week. Northern Sun, that's the Beeves. So here we go. Here's their standings. Conference courses is first. Going in, Minnesota Duluth was one and all along with the Beeves. Everybody else right there. You marry Northern State, Moorhead 0 and 1, 2 and 3 overall. The South is Wayne State, Sioux Falls, and Southwest Minnesota State. Augustana 1-1 conference, 4-1 overall. So here's the scores for the weekend. The Beaves with their win 42-14. Augustana wins 37 to 20. Wayne State over Minnesota State University of Mankato. And Moorhead over Minot State. Minnesota Duluth over Mary 31 27 Blowa, or uh Big time shootout, I should say. Northern over Winona, 52 and Sioux Falls over Southwest. CCHA now is called for hockey. There we go. We got uh, Northern Michigan one. There's Minnesota State third. The Beeves and St. Thomas holding down the bottom there, but no games played in conference yet for the Beeves. Two and four. Or, uh, Goals for goals against two and four out there one game. So it's early yet. We'll see how it goes. Here's the scores from the games recently Northern Michigan over St. Thomas, eight to three. Bowling Green over the Engineers, three to two. Michigan over Lake Superior State, seven to four. St. Cloud State over Minnesota State. That was one against two in the rankings. You'll see coming out three to one. Western Michigan over Ferris. Michigan Tech. Bucky Badger, that's beautiful. And there's the Bulldogs or the Beaves 2-1. Here is the Division I hockey standing, or rankings, I should say. Minnesota State 1, St. Cloud 2, Michigan 3, Minnesota 4, Minnesota Duluth 5. And for the gals, Wisconsin, Northeastern, Ohio State, Colgate, and Boston College. NASCAR, there was a NASCAR race today. All my numbers here are based off pre-race. I will cover stuff this week on how today's race went. Here were the standings coming into today. Um, Top eight advance. Here's who your top eight would be if nothing changed. Uh, Denny Hammond won a race already in this group of three, so he's in. Kyle Larson, Logano. Brad Klosowski, who I had picked for the final four. Uh, MTJ5. Brian Blaney, 6, Chase Elliott, 7, who I had picked, and Kyle Busch. The four looking out, Harvick, Bell, Byron, and Alex Bowman. Now, last week's race at Dega was a rain short race, and Bubba Wallace got the win. Uh, he was ahead of the time, kind of like a rain shortened baseball game. They had enough laps in. Rain in, they called it. So Bubba got his first win. Not quite a soapbox topic, but it had been – 60 odd years since a African American racer had won a NASCAR race, which, oh, well, geez, that's a long time. I could probably count on my hand how many guys have been racing that have been African American to do this. So, you know, it, it, yes, it's been a long time. Congratulations, Bubba, et cetera, et cetera. I also like the fact that how they blew out the, the fact they've been so long. How long has it been since the guy with three toes won a race? Well, the same situation. I'm just saying there's not that many guys that tried. So, of course, it's going to be a long time. And the other thing that's kind of funny is everybody's going, oh, Bobo Wallace won it. It's so great for him. He's been doing this for 19 years. So, it's not like he just started the last couple of years where we've heard his name coming up. He's been in racing for 19 years. So, yes, long overdue win for him. Congratulations. I'm saying I'm not taking anything away from that. That's the way I think the media kind of blew it out of proportion, in my opinion. Baseball stuff, we'll talk about. Just a few things going on in baseball right now. First of all, so the steal of home in postseason by Randy Aronaz of the Rays. Uh, last player to steal a straight steal of home in the postseason was Jackie Robinson in 1955. Now, there's been a lot of other double steals where a guy took home. Um, back when Tim McCarver used to announce the World Series, he the to mention that all in the World Series because he was the last guy to steal home base or home plate on a double steal, so you'll have to always mention that. But if you're thinking about it, the Rays outfielder, Manuel Margot, tried it last year in Game 5. So it's not the first time the Rays have tried this. Uh, Clayton Kershaw saw him. He stepped off and they picked him off. That's So that ended that. But So the Rays tried it last year and tried it again this year and, and succeeded. Like I said before, the World Series has seen eight successful double steals before. Uh, last was in 2002 by the Angels against the Giants. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates have released Joey Cora, third base coach. I can't remember that. From. Cora was going to be with the Red Sox. was like, go. Oh. is he going to manage again? We never know. We'll see. His name's out there now. The Mets are written up because the Mets, well, they fired their manager and they fired the entire coaching staff. Those who they didn't fire on the coaching staff. And I this goes from the head coach all the way down to the bullpen catchers. They've, if you haven't been fired, they gave them permission to speak to other teams. Between New York Met News, uh Met News and New York Met Country, this is some of the five candidates they're looking at for replacement managers. show Walter, Bob Melvin, Wally Backman, who's coaching in the minors for them right now at the Ducks, John Gibbons, and recently released from the Padres, Jace Tillager. So I'd be okay with all five of those. I got no problem with either one of them. So it'll be kind of interesting, interesting to see who comes up. Or these guys could go to other teams if they start firing managers. Um, I'd like see if Wally get a chance coming up. I think in the Mets organization, Wally Backman being a coach, is kind of like the twins for years in their organization. Every time a management position came out, they kept saying, We'll bring Doug Vinkavic up. He never got that call. I think Wally's gonna get stuck with that pretty soon. If he doesn't get the call up, he's gonna be the career minor league manager guy. John Gibbons has done work with the Blue Jays. He did very well in his era. Bob Melvin, his record speaks for himself. With the A's and the, uh, the Giants, uh, Tillager with the Padres this year until the last six weeks, they were doing great. Buck Showalter has done his, again his record speaks for himself too. Speaking of the playoffs, Nelson Cruz on Game One hit a foul or hit a baseball that hit the catwalk at Tropicana Field, and it was a real home run everybody started complaining about it since that toilet was built years ago that's been a rule there you hit the catwalk it's a home run I I did not like how the other team was all complaining about it you've known that for years when you've played there for regular season games you knew that as a a house rule or ground rule when you start the game so don't act surprised when it happens here's our playoff picture going into today's sunday so as of the games are going now this was as of Sunday morning. Uh, Boston did beat New York in the wild card and the Dodgers over the cards, so that they advanced on. Uh, nationally, both tied at one each. Boston Tampa one each, and Houston is uh, two up on the White Sox. I, I'm really not surprised by that. The White Sox, I didn't think would make it bar anyway. My soapbox for today. Pro Football Talk put out this week. NFL will play its 29th to 30th games in London, which still has never matched two winning teams against each mm. other. Really? They've, now, granted, yes, they set the schedule up a couple years ahead of time and everything else, you never know. But and I'm sure they've tried to pick like, these teams to be winning teams. They've never had two winning teams against each other. If you're trying to grow the game, maybe have it be games earlier in the season, maybe like opening weekend, you know, all these – you got two teams zero and zero, um, or maybe week two or three where you go, you know, the Packers should be one and one after a couple of weeks, or or the or the Patriots or the Cowboys teams who you think would win. A lot of these losing teams lately, though, when it started out, the Vikings played there a lot. They might have had a winning record. They could have been two and three at the time. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they could have the winning record, but the other team didn't. A lot of teams that we've played lately has been Jacksonville, who I don't think has had a winning record in years. So with that said, plan better. Maybe have the games earlier in the season or opening weekend, maybe. Just NFL is going to do a better job. They're to push the game overseas. They're selling out anyway. But imagine how many more shirts you'd have if you had winning teams there. Maybe your are opening week one opener. You can have the Super Bowl rematch or something. Just. So, you get more excitement and draw. we to talk about concerts and shows. And again, don't forget to catch a mic down at the Ridgemont Mall for all your ticket information. Little River Band will be playing at Medina Saturday, November 13th. Nita Strauss, who's a guitarist with, with Alice Cooper, she's going on her solo tour December 16th. She will be at the Skyway Theater here in Minneapolis. The Tree Frogs have a couple of dates coming up October 30th at in Delaney, Minnesota, Saturday, October 30th. And Wednesday, November 24th, they'll be also playing down to Bowling Run. So December 30th, Target Center. Comedian and puppeteer, I guess we have a proper term, Jeff Dunham. His Seriously Tour We we'll be at Target Center December 30th. At Jackpot Dungeon, coming up the 29th. Coming up later on, we'll get to that later. We'll come up here. Here's Thunderstruck, the ACDC band cover band that we're playing at Medina on November 12th. And there it is the, the Jackpot Junction one, Hairball will be there. Um, coming up on the 29th, we'll be watching that. I will be down there again. More reports from that one on Friday, October 29th. AEW Wrestling is coming to town, but before that. Inspiration Tate team, it's Cassie Lee and, and Jackie McKay, uh, formerly of the WWE, the Iconics, formerly of the, the Iconics in WWE. They're saying their comeback tour starting on 10-23-21. Hmm. TNT, Saturday, 10-23. WWE Dynamite. Doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what might be happening there. AEW Rampage will be at Target Center Friday, November 12th. And their pay-per-view full gear will go in Minneapolis the next night, the 23rd. Jason Inc. will be going to the Friday night show, so we'll have a report with him the following week on that. See how it all went, all the fun and excitement. WWE is coming to town at the XL December 13th for Monday Night Raw. So lots of wrestling coming here in November and December. Locally, kind of going to be a hotbed for the local wrestling. Again, that'd be kind of fun. New album, Brian Setzer. Gotta have the rumble. He's got a new album out in his first one in years. Uh, Big Brian Setzer fan, uh, formerly with the Stray Cats, if you recall that. Uh, He's got a new album coming out. Uh, First album, seven years, solo album, produced by Julian Raymond, Glenn Campbell, and Cheap Trick. Gotta have the rumble. Contains songs all written or co-written by Brian Setzer. and was recorded in Minneapolis. Is adopted hometown and Nashville, so I guess we could say local boy. And this new album is number one on Amazon Music for Hard Rock Chart. So lots of people still like it, this type of music. I'm a big fan, so go get it, go listen to it if you enjoy that type of music. And that, sir, is what I got and song stuff. Um, the Brian Setzer stuff I've always kind of liked it. Back when he was the Stray Cats, I like that kind of a uh, bluesy rock, rockabilly type stuff. Um, I was not aware of fact that he did a lot of recording here in Minneapolis, though. So hmm. Good for him. I I don't know if Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis had anything to do with or helped with it or not. Um, but there's a lot of big influences like that and that type of music around here. But that uh, the Nina Strauss concert, like I said, coming up. She does guitar with uh, Alice Cooper. She's a phenomenal guitarist. Her solo work's incredible. A lot of her solo stuff, though, is kind of like uh, Joe Satriani versus all guitar. You won't hear much singing on her, but which is fine. It's fair warning. Listen, to, Don't go, oh, she plays for Alice Cooper. I want to go see it. It's going to be a little different show. So maybe check out her stuff on Spotify so you know what you're getting into. And, uh, I would suggest going if you get a chance. Hairball on the 29th. I'll do the best I can to take pictures, but all goes well There'll be pictures taken early in the night. Um, got a friend there uh, who works on Jackpot Junction. No, I cannot get backstage. I tried. I've been shut down. She goes, don't even ask, she said. She goes, I know you're the fastest growing podcast on Western, Car- or Western Metro, but this ain't the West Metro, son. So... She had a good point. Maybe one day. Yeah, well, I'll drop some, I'll drop some business cards off. I'll stick them up on the wall, and <clears throat> next year, the bulletin board. Well, I'll well, have Happy come in and talk to us. Yes,
0: but that's what I got, sir. What do you got for a trivia answer? Trivia question was uh, Minnesota Vikings Kirk Cousins today at a milestone. Surpassed the milestone for touchdown passes for a quarterback. Today he hit number 200 in his career. Uh, that was the answer for today, 200. He had he threw 99 for the Washington Redskins, and now he came to Minnesota and he's got 101 with the Vikings. So 200, milestone for them. The Vikings did beat the Lions today.
1: You know, all their games have gone down to the last few seconds, and the Seattle game went down to the last minute and a half, so –
0: First game no one's on over time. Watching the last second, you know. Tight games. They are good. Now next game is at Carolina Panthers. Ooh. Gophers, by the way, today football had a bye week. Yes. And they'll be back next Saturday. Thanks
1: for paying attention. I did the Big Ten scores earlier and seemed they didn't play.
0: Yes. Uh, in fact, I was going to do a, a trivia question on the history of college football bye weeks. And it got too convoluted, so um, I skipped it. Next time. I'll do it next time. Uh, but as you were traveling
1: today, coming back up from New Ulm, in between listening to your German beer-drinking songs, tapes, what else were you listening to in,
0: in the Roxy Mobile? review of the week is The Color and the Shape by the Foo Fighters, 1997. Here it is. I'm going to share it up here on the screen here. The color and the shape. And so this is, this gets to be interesting because this is the second studio album by the Foo Fighters. But it marks the official debut of the Foo Fighters as a band. Remember, Dave Grohl put out that first album by himself called Foo Fighters. There was no band. He recorded all the instruments and the singing and the vocals himself. It was supposed to be a demo. Demo but the debut became an international success. And so Grohl had to go out and hire in Pat uh, Smear, as a guitarist, Pat Smear, bassist, Nate Mendel and drummer, William Goldsmith, to form a band. And they put together this album called The Color and the Shape. Now, Primarily inspired by Dave Grohl's divorce from, from photographer Jennifer Youngblood in 1996, This is where most of the lyrics come from this. The album's track listing was designed to resemble a therapy session, splitting the album between up-tempo tracks and ballads, ballads to reflect the conflicting emotions. And a lot was going on there, but uh, he wrote these songs, put this all together, basically after the divorce, all in the aftermath and in the wake of the divorce with Jennifer Youngblood. He put these songs together and got the band in to record it. The singles Monkey Wrench, Everlong, and My Hero peaked in the top 10 in the U.S. rock radio charts. And the album itself charted at number 10 in the Billboard 200. They also did a nominator for a Grammy Award in 1998 for Best Rock Album. The color and the shape remain the Foo Fighters' biggest seller in the U.S., having sold more than 2 million albums in the U.S. alone. That's That, I was an interesting factoid uh, that of all the albums they've did, this is still their best U.S. selling album. Now, I've got some uh, interesting notes here, Andy. Uh, some of the of the songs. Here, I'll go through the songs here first. All right. song, song number one is Doll. Song two is Monkey Wrench. Three is Hey Johnny Park. Uh, that song Hey Johnny Park was written about a friend of his, a, a longtime good friend that Dave Grohl had in elementary school and wanted to reach out to him and thought the best way to be doing it is name a song after him and maybe uh, they'd come into contact again. Johnny Park. Song four is My Poor Brain. Song five is Wind Up. Six, Up in Arms. Song seven, My Hero. Song eight is See You. Song nine is Enough Space. Song 10 is February Stars. Song 11 is Ever Long. Song 12 is Walking After You. Song 13 is New Way Home. So once again, the only band, uh, the members of the band were Dave Grohl, Pat Smear, Nate Mendel. Now, William Goldsmith, as I said earlier, started on the sessions as the drummer. They get him. Dave Grohl says, you know what? The song called Monkey Wrench, I think we redo that. And how about I just sit behind the drum kit? And how about I record that one? And then another couple songs, he took over doing all the drumming. Well, William Goldsmith says, oh, that's interesting. Uh maybe i'm not in the mad band they said no you should come back and you can be a member of the band he said no i found out later that all the overdubs all the drumming work was all done by Grohl himself and so no thanks so he never was listed or credited on the album but was, that's a good trivia question for the color but, and the shape by the foo fighters william goldsmith was the drummer but never finished as the drummer
1: see he, he should kept his mouth shut it worked out for ringo star they redid all his drum tracks and he still went on to fame and fortune.
0: Yes. And you know, you know, and and Grohl came from a drumming background, was his his background. And then he put together that solo, uh, the the album, uh, the studio recording, and he did all the parts. Um, And he said he wanted to get away from the drumming and work on his guitar works and his vocals. And he was still kind of a little subconscious of his vocals on that first album and want to make it better. So, uh, he he did it here, but actually He does the the drumming. And so later, they get for the concert, the tour to support this album. They brought in drummer Taylor Hawkins, who's been with the band ever since. Now, he was busy. They couldn't get him in right away until this Alanis Morissette tour ended. He was the drummer for Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill Tour in 1995. I did not know that. And he took over. He's been with the group ever since okay here is the information so that's where taylor hawkins comes into them into the group now they bring in a producer named gil norton to do this album they wanted to have a more polished look well bassist nate mendel had to practice, practice, and practice to improve his musical skills because it wasn't good enough for this producer. Dave Grohl later said that it was it was frustrating to us and it was hard and the practice was long, but at the end of the day, you listened back to what you had done and you understood why he had you do it a million times. Um, they He really had to make sure that these guys were perfect on this album. It had to be so uh, perfect. Some almost called it overproduced. It was almost so much done with these with these tracks. Now the band started off at Bear Creek Studio in Washington, where they started the first first original sessions for this. Uh, the place they were in, in Be- near Bear Creek was a converted barn with a salmon stream running through it. The studio was located on a farm, and for the duration of the sessions, the band lived in a cabin adjacent to the studio. But it wasn't that successful. They had to nearly scrap most of the songs that they did so then they moved to los angeles and recorded the rest but by this time their budget had ballooned and deadlines became a little more pressing capital was releasing this Capitol records says you know what we need some deadlines we need to you guys need to wrap this up and get this out there but the title of the album came for the band's tour manager at the time who would often spend afternoons afternoons rummaging through thrift stores and purchasing strange memorabilia. On one occasion, he came home with a bowling pin with red and white stripes, a regular bowling pin. And the band says, why'd you buy that? He goes, I, re- I really like the color and the shape of the object. They, the group found this phrase hilarious and decided to use it for the title, the color and the shape. This was based on a description of a bowling pin, a bowling pin. So they, uh, that's how they named it. That's how they named the song. Um, a lot of the critics at the time thought it was going to be another grunge, uh, kind of a grunge album, Right. Abe, Abe roll And he says, no, I want to do it pop. I want to make it rock and I want to make it uh, hard rock, but also have a pop feel to it with some love songs and some ballads and things like that. So they put that, um, put that in there and uh, it, it went, it went very, very well. The song, Up in Arms, he describes, Dave Grohl describes it as a typical love song, almost sounds like a song from the Knack. And then- uh, enough, i heard so Dave, that a long time. Uh, enough Space, the song, uh, Enough Space is about the Arizona Dream, a movie called Arizona Dream, one of Grohl's favorite films. And so uh, he worked that into the mix and then Walking After You was written and recorded by Grohl uh, in his own studio in Washington, and this version appears on the album, but the band later re-recorded the song with all the members for the X-Files soundtrack. It appeared on the X-Files soundtrack. So that's the Color in the Shape, Foo Fighters. Once again, it's basically all Dave Grohl, but he did hire some folks after that to perform on that. Uh, in the studio and on the tour and it's considered alternate post-grunge hard rock grunge and alternative metal i don't think it is that but yeah
1: i'd call it rock and roll hard rock
0: good stuff Gil uh gill norton is the one they brought on and uh that's uh the, he wanted the polished look he wanted a, a professional album that was very clean and very tight. And the he, he made these guys do these takes over and over and over. But that's the album of the Week.
1: Yeah, that drummer, like I said, it worked out for Ringo Star. Sit in the studio do the drums. You leave, they bring someone else in named Pete Best to go over the drums. And you still get to go on tour get your picture. I got you kept his mouth shut because uh, Foo Fighters have made a few dollars over the years.
0: Correct, correct. Uh, so that was good. So. Always uh, be sure to send us uh, any recommendations, any suggestions for albums, uh, things like that. Sports, soapbox suggestions, we're open to that. And uh, once again, baseball tournaments are going on. The fall baseball season is in full swing. I'm going to do a bonus episode on the makings of the fall baseball season here in the Twin Cities. And then later next week, we're going to have an interview uh, with Town Ball Tuesday. Ryan Sankison will be a guest on Saturday show.
1: Can you get Kelly on too, or is she busy? Who? Can his wife be on too? Is
0: there? I mean, ah.
1: Maybe show her a picture and his voice, maybe. If we could, we
0: could do something fun like that.
1: Yeah, and, that'd be
0: fun. Uh, and then at the end of the month, a lot of the tournaments for baseball, amateur baseball that take place down in Arizona and in Fort Myers, Florida, start kicking off here in that last several weeks too. So all this will come uh, wrapping up in the middle of. November, next thing you know, it's going to be Thanksgiving and our anniversary. Season 3 will be kicking off.
1: Yes. Uh, Next week will be a special episode. Like I said, I'll be up in Bemidji. uh, Go Beavers.
0: Go Beavers.
1: So special, special type of format or episode next week. Um, But then we'll go back to our our regularly scheduled programming after that. But maybe we'll have uh, Ryan on more often throughout the off-season. Because I know we want to talk about different things, but uh, baseball rules changing. Um, I was looking at the Twitter today as I was getting ready for supper and watching NASCAR wrap up and everything else. Um, one of the rules, like I said earlier, in the playoffs this year, goes that extra runnings they don't put a runner on second base.
0: Yes, I just noticed that. You know, tonight. Yeah, do so that. That took place tonight. Yeah. Interesting. We'll have more on that. Uh, that's all I've got for this week uh enjoy your week and we'll we'll be uh in touch here after your uh, i will be doing my uh,
1: page two stuff uh so look for that on instagram excuse me um last week's was a blog part so you have to read all that stuff i had pictures on there too but it was a blog um so you'll look for that but you'll see my smiley face in two weeks back here on this format
0: awesome all right have a good week See see ya